Hello and welcome back to Podular Modcast. My name is Tim Help. I'd say we've been on a pretty good hot streak as of late, guest-wise, and that continues this week with Jamie Liddell. You probably listened to his podcast, Hanging Out with Audiophiles. As we are emerging from this weird, weird pandemic time, I look back and I just feel so grateful that the show was able to survive it. And that's thanks to everybody who supports me on Patreon. So if you would like to help to keep this hot streak going and keep these LEDs blinking over here at Podular Modcast, then please visit patreon.com forward slash Podular Modcast. Your patronage will gain you access to the Patreon Champagne Room channel over on the PodMod Discord, where I uh, take submissions of questions or topics to talk about in the weekly bonus episodes. That's right. If you are a Patreon subscriber, you will get a weekly bonus episode. Uh, Other than that, you know, I throw all sorts of exclusive content that way, early versions of videos that I do, um, you know, the works. So again, thank you so much if you have or you will someday support me on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Podular Modcast. And before we get into this chat, I just want to say thank you to Patchworks Seattle for their continued support of the show. They've been a sponsor since the beginning. Cindy, the co-owner of Patchworks, was the first guest on PodMod. Um, And they've just cultivated such a cool community here and have such a great uh, product lineup, really. Like I, I was, I've been spending a lot of time on their website lately, doing some online window shopping, gearing up for my New York trip, which I'll tell you more about later. Um, but they just have everything. They have so many different manufacturers, and it's not just modular. Uh, they have, they even have effects pedals. They have studio equipment. So if you're starting your own studio, um, they've got everything you need there. So yeah, just really, really good people doing great things for a community and also just a great business. So please head over to P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S.com, patchworks.com. Also, thank you to Needham Woodworks for their continued support of the show. Um, You know about Needham Woodworks. Do I really need to tell you that they're the best, best, finest Eurorack cases in all the land, that they're beautiful pieces of furniture slash art they will be the centerpiece of your studio if you have a needham woodworks case the first time somebody walks into your studio i guarantee they're going to be like what's that and they're going to point to your needham woodworks case and then you're going to get to proudly tell them oh this is handmade by uh, a woodworker in uh, san francisco who is amazing and his name's eric needham visit them at needhamwoodworks.com all right let's get into this Hello and welcome back to Podular Modcast. I'm so excited to bring you this chat with Jamie Liddell. Jamie makes amazing music. He's an awesome singer. He's super into modular and he also has his own podcast called Hanging Out with Audiophiles. Now because of the pandemic and also because I stopped working in the field a few years ago, I have just fallen behind on all of my podcasts. Uh, But recently, since I started working with After Later Audio, I have had more time to you know, dive into the podcast world again and coming back to hanging out with audiophiles and finding just, it was just like a treasure trove full of inspiration. 
the Fortet episode, the Alessandro Cortini episode, Heba Kadri is on one. They're just, it's a great show. But I don't need to tell you that because if you listen to PodMod, I'm sure you listen to Hanging Out with Audiophiles. And if you don't, get your life, as the kids say. I don't know if they still say that. I don't know if they ever said that. Sounds good. Um, yeah, so we're going to get into this chat really, really quickly here. But there are a few things that I want to talk to you about first. Hey, New York City, I'm coming for you. I'm going to be playing July 9th at the East Village Playhouse. The show's going to start at 6 p.m. We're going to have DJ Cherish the Love playing with us, Chantel DeFelice. And I think we're going to have some sort of kind of... Um, open mic uh, lottery kind of sign up thing more details on that but either way I want you to come out and hang out once again July 9th the East Village Playhouse that's 340 East 6th Street in the East Village of NYC I can't wait to get out there and uh, and hang out and if anybody in Philadelphia knows any good synth shops or or cool record shops or something I'm also going to be dipping into Philadelphia for, uh, for a day there I think so uh if you're out there in Philly, let me know what I should check out. Um, but yeah, I can't wait for this New York show. It's going to be so much fun. I also want to tell you that I uploaded a new video on YouTube where I use the blip blocks after dark and I do like a fireside performance with it at Cape Disappointment and uh, it turned out pretty cool. So I would love it if you went and checked out that video on the PodMod YouTube and check out the blip blocks after dark. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's, it's technically a toy, but it's also technically a synth. So... Um, yeah, pretty fun. And finally, uh, a quick note about last week's uh, demo in the intro of the episode. I had a lot of people had said that the, the actual music side of the demo was really quiet. So I fixed that. So if you noticed that and you wanted to check out the the uh, initial demo of the Orbit from Noisite Instruments, please uh, go check out that Bertolt Meyer episode intro. And if you haven't listened to that episode, then you, you've got to listen to it. One of my favorites. Um, and this one coming up is also one of my favorites. So buckle up for Jamie Liddell on Podular Modcast. Let's get into it. Yeah. Um, can ah. you hear me all right? I hear you great, man. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm nice. all right, man. Nice to meet you uh, yeah. as close to meeting somebody as you can these days. Oh, by all <laughs> means, man. That's a, quite an interesting array of glasses you have there to your right. What's going on oh, there? Oh, yeah. Cocktails? That's, that's the, yeah, that's the bar um, that we hardly ever use. My wife and I mostly drink beer when we drink. And oh, yeah. uh, so we've, we have the same you know 20 bottles of alcohol that we've had our entire relationship <laughs> sitting on i think a lot of those bottles actually predate our whole relationship they get more valuable you know what i mean yeah be right vintage. Like, <laughs> you, you, it'll be like everything else you'll come to check the price on reverb of one of those bottles of water it'll be like 10 grand like, i was going through it one day this was like two years ago i was going through it and i found this bottle of like this I don't know what brand it was that like the nastiest vodka and it was like a hundred proof vodka. So it was like extra powerful mm. vodka. And so I put it in, uh, in the closet and I said, that is our, that's our, uh, apocalypse vodka. Like that's, that's for like cleaning <laughs> wounds and shit. shit. Really bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, it look, doesn't even sit with the regular boots. <laughs> when I give you this side eye with double eyebrow raise, 
reach for the Gorbachev, <laughs> whatever it's called. There used to be a, what, yeah, well, there was a vodka in Berlin called Gorbachev, and it was just like, wow. I think it was like yeah. five euros in a bottle, and that shit was. Yeah, it was like it was definitely paint thinner vibes. But hey, it got yeah. you through a couple of winter nights. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just smells like rubbing uh, alcohol. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, man. Well, good. Uh, oh, yeah. booze. Yeah. While we're on the boozy subject, what I mean, have you heard of Bearded Iris? No. The brewery here in Nashville. No. Dude, good beers. Good. Okay. Some of the I'm, best I, I've ever had. So what? What? Okay. Well, if we're on the subject, because I. I I, uh, I stopped drinking at the beginning of the year or beginning of 2020 to stop smoking. Um, nice. And it, it, it yeah, worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. every time, every time right, I quit smoking, I could, yeah, totally. Yeah. And every time I had a few drinks, I'm, oh, I could have one and then you end up buying yeah, a pack. And so, um, so I quit for a while and then I came back into the fold with getting into good beer, uh, kind of becoming a little bit of a beer snob and getting totally. into like, totally. yeah. So while we're on the subject, what, what, what are your beers? If you're, if you're going to get a flight. Yeah. Well, that's the thing at the moment. I'm pretty much exclusively on the, on the bearded iris train just okay. because it's made here. Uh huh. It's a relatively new brewery and man, they've just got it right. They've just got, they got that super like adventurous, hoppy experience that is just the hazy madness i just love yeah done so yeah, well hazy. sun so clean and and exciting like I've, I've had a lot of those ipas in my time but these are i think this is the best beer i've ever had man really and like huh. i lived in berlin for eight years you know and they used to have some okay. pretty nice there's a brewery up my road that used to be like one guy and like that was the best beer i'd had at that point and it was mm-hmm. like this. It was actually really deep and really hoppy, and but fresh, you know, really zingy and like really alive, like electric. It's like fucking mm-hmm. awesome. <laughs> so good. Yeah, my wife is super into hazies. I I also like them. Um, I got into sours and really hardcore stouts, like those oh, yeah, like imperial yeah, yeah. stouts. They do that um, too. Uh, uh, yeah. I bearded Iris do a stout. Maybe that's not their specialty, but. They're a bit well, too I'll have strong. To keep for on me, the lookout. Man. They're like ten percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of them. Yeah. Usually, what I do is I bought these tiny little, like just a little bit bigger Ooh. than shot glasses. And what I do is like I save the stouts for a special occasion. If people come over, nice. I pour us each just a little bit because yeah, you, if you end up drinking a full bottle, that's your whole night. So, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you, it's that other one in Brooklyn. It was called Three's Brewery or something like that. Okay, you know that? I'll have to. I'm actually going to Brooklyn in like three weeks. Yeah, so man, I'll have to they check got that some out. great. They got some great ones. I can, I can hook me up. Give me a shout because I've got another crazy beer connection here in Nashville, who has a okay. New York person who came to visit, who brought all kinds of amazing beer from New York. So, okay, cool. I'll, I'll yeah, yeah, Asheville. Nashville and Asheville are like both like yeah. on the list too. My wife, my wife's family's from New York, and she grew up going back there in the summers. And she's been telling me our whole relationship. I've never been to New York City. I've been to the state, but what? so she's yeah. I know, I know. Whoa. I mean, I've yeah. I've I hope been she to likes a lot it. of the. She'll be like, "This is shit." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> After all this, like it's like that song Stevie Wonder song, like New York, just like I pictured it. You remember that song and he gets arrested and it's like so bad. Like someone frames him with the drugs and he's like, what? What did I do? <laughs> so bad. We always, like, we, whenever we're listening to that Stevie album with our son in the car, we always have to skip over that end section. It's like pretty harsh, man. Yeah. It's just like, oh, geez. It's too real. But yeah, hopefully it won't be like that. 
No, I, I mean, I'm going to play a show out there and we're going to hopefully go to the comedy cellar. So oh, right yeah, on, be, yeah, I'm looking forward to yeah. it. Um, Good for you, dude. So You're how, already playing shows you again. Uh, well, this will be my first show back. Uh, yeah, uh, so I'm really excited. Um, cool. I, I haven't announced it yet. We're still kind of building it, but okay. And I'm yeah, I'm kind of I'm in the works of planning like a pod mod fest, like a one day thing here in Seattle. So hopefully yeah, we can get that going. That's but um, the way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I'm good, man. Yeah, no, I'm I'm fine. You know. Uh, yeah, I'm. It was good today. Was a. It, 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 a good day because we've got a neighbor across the road that's a great um, keyboard player. Mm-hmm. A guy called Rob Berger, and he's played with like Laurie Anderson, you know, John oh, Zorn, cool. like Lou Reed, and like he's a real. Oh, man. shit. Like he's yeah. so good, man. Uh, yeah. Like he's so, so tasty. And like my wife and I are like writing songs again, like just for various things, hopefully for me, I think. And like sometimes we're thinking maybe for other people or whatever. But um, just cool to have him over because we've just not had anyone in the house, you right, know? even right. him. And we do mm-hmm. see him. He's literally across the street. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm literally across the street. Uh, so it was just really, it was funny because it felt quite, mm, it just felt normal in a way where none of us really thought about it. But it's been a year, man. Do you, you know what I mean? It's like, obviously, don't yeah. need to state the bloody obvious, but it, it was just, it was cool to have him over. It was just, it, it made me think like, oh, I need, I really need that. I'm the kind of person who actually needs people more than I think I let on. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I need people, man. Well, I was, so I wanted to ask you about, like, you and I are kind of in the same boat as far as doing the podcast hosting. Right. And something that I noticed over the um, the pandemic was how much of my social needs were being quenched by having <laughs> novel conversations with new people every week. Yeah, man. Did you find that was helpful? Oh, always, yeah. No, I, 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 I really love the pod. Like, uh, I mm. mean, I, I curse it sometimes because... <laughs> Me too. Right? It ends up being... If you feel... It could, like anything, if you want to do it right, it's a job, isn't it? It's like a real, mm-hmm. real job. And then yeah. I'm like, oh, I never wanted this to be a job. This is supposed to be like a little side gig just mm-hmm. for fun so I can have chats with people but then of course I'm always sort of trying to you know not overdo it but I want it to be great so I'm like oh, I'll do the nitty and I'll do like these tearaway studio ideas and now like there's 84 of those yeah, you know right, coming out yeah. with an 85th <laughs> great idea in the studio is like yeah. I'm like running on fumes here you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. as I look around mm-hmm. the studio like I've done that piece I've done that how do I do I've done that like, what do I do now? You know? Yeah, and yeah. So, like, I think adding that element to the show has made me sometimes think, oh, man, this is, I bit off a lot when I did this pod. I have guest yeah. music as well from listeners. I know you do the same kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Which is great. Yeah. I love that. I love that you do that. And I love that there's that sense of community. I, I mean, I think that you've really brought on board a really strong community bond. <laughs> because oh, it's you. even more niche than my show. My right, show's pretty right. niche, but yours is super yeah. niche, which I really mm-hmm. love, and I, I'm so glad you're doing it because <clears throat> I think the more niche, the better, in a way. <laughs> That's it's kinda weird. What... Yeah, it's it's kind of a weird trade-off of like, okay, um, you know, I I kind of look at it as like, even though modular is growing, my audience is finite. You That's know? right. Like That's more right. finite than most. Yep. But there's kind of this. 
I'm for lack of a better word, kind of like a, an exclusivity or a club or like a small community aspect. Oh, it's worth so it. much. It's worth yeah. so much because when you really care about the thing and you've got knowledgeable people, enthusiasts, and obviously, as we all know, the modular community are just a, a particularly encouraging bunch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah it's yeah. just that beautiful energy that they have is very much about um removing the shackles slightly you know the whole mindset is like freedom mm-hmm. you know yeah. like you can do what you can imagine so there's that the built into the premise of modular which is so cool so those minds that are attracted to it i think they're not yeah. really like caged in like people yeah. think you should do it like this what about you yeah, know what right, I mean? right, right, they're not like yeah. a should people they're quite like uh-huh. interesting I, I like to do it like this i mean there's still some show-offs you know there's egos everywhere but it's a, it they seem to be more under control than in most areas. Yeah, and I don't yeah, I don't I don't think a lot of people with with kind of egoic uh <laughs> what's the word I'm like looking that. for? Like like egoic. uh yeah, like egoic drives. tendencies. Yeah, egoic tendencies are really <laughs> gonna go too far in the modular world because there's not really an opportunity yeah. to get off that famous in there. <laughs> no. Not exactly. That's absolutely right. Maybe that's his Yeah, I that's that's true. I mean I remember having that chat with Fortet about it and he was like talking about like why in his opinion like i can't remember the exact context i'm going to butcher it probably but he's saying like what song couldn't have been made i remember that with a yeah Eurorack. i was just listening to that yeah and yeah, i was like right, right. that is a good point i mean mm-hmm. obviously you've got Moroder and stuff like that and then there were some big modular songs but more like mm-hmm. in the early days of moog modular but um i think there are some examples of it but it, like you said it's not gonna going to catapult you up the charts necessarily right right yeah that man that episode i was listening to it the other day i think i messaged you while i was listening to it just like fortet is one of like my favorite electronic artists and i and after listening to that and hearing him talk about it and kind of going back and listening to his stuff um in retrospect i was kind of like oh he was a huge influence because i like to kind of do the same type of thing i find that loop you know that loop that you can just sit there and it just gets into your heart and you just love it so much and then mess with that? That's kind of my, been my approach a lot lately. But when he did say that about the modular songs, I, I kind of felt like one of those those punches that's like a little too close to home. It's kind of like, yeah, he's right, good. I know. But hey, like you can take it that way or you can say, oh, that's nice. That's the kind of uh, the good aspect of the walled Definitely. garden. You mm-hmm. know, those bad mm-hmm. aspects of the walled garden, but... There are some good ones too. It's yeah. more like maybe walled garden is a little bit of a the wrong metaphor, but it's it, I, you know, you, like you said, the club, the exclusivity. They're they're not all not quite the right word, but they're they're all also a little bit true. And and actually, there are negatives that go with it, you know. So for sure. And, and but I think that's interesting with modular recordings and stuff, and the idea of looping. I mean, it, I've, I, I I grapple with this. Because after my chat with Alessandro Cortini, he was like, back in the day, he used to extract pieces and try to Mm -hmm. have a more of a songsmith mentality. Like, I'm going to put these building blocks together and make a song, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, which is definitely the Fortet mindset. Um, But now he's like, I'm glad I kept the original recordings because now he doesn't really edit them too much. And he allows like the original intention and flow to kind of preserve. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I kind of made that switch because of modular like modular like i didn't like i think it was because i didn't know what i was doing at first and then i had to learn what i was doing and then i found you out don't I was... know what you're doing now don't give me that shit <laughs> <laughs> we're always going to be lost 
right yeah yeah yeah. no there is an argument to be made there um but yeah i i I used to and then i got this uh, i've been working on this remix project lately and i haven't done remixes or anything in a long time since getting into modular so i started working in kind of my old flow and I was I didn't really like it and it didn't feel right to me and I was like this doesn't feel like my voice anymore. It was it was kind of the first time I noticed like how much modular truly did change my my artist brain or whatever. And uh yeah, I'm kind of curious. I want to kind of hear about your modular journey because I know you love modular. I can tell every time you talk about it, I can hear it in your voice. But I yeah, how how often do you get to use it? Um let's start with how how you got into it when and and that journey I'm interested in that yeah uh, okay so <clears throat> working with Christian Vogel uh, mm-hmm. Christian was really my teacher my synth teacher <laughs> really uh, and a great teacher to have because he's phenomenal um, <laughs> I didn't realize how lucky I was really I can't mm-hmm. actually I, I kind of did because <laughs> I always admired his music so much and then when I fortuitously kind of ran into him when I moved to Brighton in England, uh, we got to be so close so quickly. It was quite strange, actually. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he had, at that point, already made a lot of great records, and he owned an, a Synthi, uh-huh. and he owned a DX21, I think, and he had like a, a bunch of other subtractive synths, or Pro One, and maybe a couple of others. But that was enough to get started, and it made mm-hmm. me realize my journey had begun with an S950, a Korg M1, and a, mm-hmm. a MIDI Verb 3 when I was like 16, you know? So there's an 89, about 88, 89, I got that set up, and I only really worked with samplers. Was that the stuff that you got with the, the like your grandpa gave you some money yeah, or something? Yeah, my grandma, got it super, yeah. That's yeah, right, yeah. and I yeah, got all of it for like $2,000, crazy really. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but it was a good exchange rate um so yeah so i was kind of sorely missing like that like schooling in subtractive synthesis even just like not going into modular but um mm-hmm. it kind of it kind of did go in that direction just because the synthy you know is such an interesting one mm-hmm. and like it sort of it kind of it, it expands your mind in that way that a modular does because mm-hmm. it's like hard more obtuse to sort of play you know mm-hmm. what I mean? You have to sort of work, think of it in another way, almost like a tone generator as opposed to a keyboard-based. He didn't have a keyboard interface for it at all. Right. So it was just so you're like, working with the pegs and stuff? Yeah, and it was more yeah. just tone control and more process and more drones and multi-track and stuff like that, which I, I really loved. But um, he got into the Nord modular. Uh-huh. He got the first mm-hmm. one. And we made a lot of super glider music on that Nord modular. And I messed with it. I, I kind of toyed with it a bit. Although I, I was not the master. Chris was really amazing at it and played shows with it and stuff. And it's crazy, that thing, because from song to song, you know, your your generic controllers in front of you, would their function would change. Like I, I laughed with him about that a while ago. Like, he was up on stage, like, next song, and he didn't know what the hell, you know. It's just those eight <laughs> controllers, but they were like... They flip their function, and like that's a lot to. There's no muscle memory in a system like that. Yeah, with, yeah. With a modular, you do. You have that. You have that beautiful muscle memory for keeping the same. Mm-hmm. So anyway, right. uh, yeah. And then I got an MS50, and I had an MS20 relatively early on, and an MS10, and so there was like little tastes of modular, mm-hmm, like semi-modular mm-hmm. behavior. But I never got. And I remember when the Eurorack started, 
people were getting hold of that stuff at the time it didn't appeal to me for some reason it was it was just the dirt for world and i suppose it just wasn't that sonically advanced at that point right it seems pretty arduous especially like coming from like i would just kind of put it in context of the kind of music you make like right. the kind of music you release it doesn't seem like it would be a very useful tool in that kind of arena yeah really. i mean the 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 nord modular was was great because it had a pretty decent sounding vocoder you could do like mm -hmm. obviously low you didn't have the limitation you had limitations but you know you could have a lot of oscillators you could have multiple loads of sequences it was powerful Mm -hmm. It was like VCV racks, basically, wasn't it? Back, okay. back in the uh -huh. day, yeah, yeah, in a hardware piece. Um, so I think that's the thing. It kind of scratched that itch a little bit, and and it synced up nicely with all the other MIDI gear, so we could kind mm -hmm. of rock. Right. And obviously, right. there's lots of dimensions. Uh, I mean, the Eurorack thing. Yeah, I, I put it off, and I put it off, man. Like mm -hmm. I knew it was a. I knew it was coming in my life. Yeah. I kind of always imagined I'd go down the Bookler kind of road, to be honest. Mm -hmm. because I'm really like uh, tone oriented I suppose that's probably why I was a bit of a snob about the early modules I didn't yeah. think their raw oscillators sounded that great uh, so I, I started my modular thing relatively recently only a few years ago man mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I, I started out with the surge the uh, the uh, you know the random source surge stuff right mm -hmm. which arguably is not as pure as real surge stuff probably with the volt rail and the output levels and stuff like that. Um, but I really, I got a lot from it, but it also mm -hmm. blew my mind. And like, I remember I wrote to a few of my friends telling them that I was getting into it and like, they were like, all right, all right, let's see what happens. And sure enough, <laughs> I, I really did the classic thing. I bought tons, man. Yeah. I was like, oh, that is great. Oh, I need one of those. I've got to get one of these. And there's so many sequences, you know, at the voltage block, then the eloquence, so then, uh, uh -huh. you know, I've got, and then I just started to get more and more and more sequences. And I was like, oh, all right, screw it. I'll get the circle on. <laughs> and now I've got the circle on and like, okay. you know, and like, so that's it. I, I started out in pure electronic sound of the of yesteryear, with everything being being very pure, surge mm -hmm. only kind of mindset. And mm -hmm. then I realized it wasn't quite me, or it didn't quite. I mean, it was really excellent actually. I, I still really, I sometimes forget just how good those modules sound. Yeah, uh, they yeah. they really are beautiful. Um, I highly recommend them, but. Um, yeah, I suppose it's just other conversations and just being more and more aware of what's out there. And I had some really interesting chats with, um, oh, I need to get their names right, man. It's Jim, Jim Sch, um, Schno, Schroeder. Oh, man, let me get his name right because he was really, it's from Modular Addict. Okay. Uh, um, um, Shonaka, Shonaka, Jim Shonaka. Okay. And like, and he introduced me to another guy, um, a guy called Brandon. Let me see if I can find the other guy's name. Brandon Logic. Okay. All right. So Jim, Jim and Brandon like really helped me out. They, I, I was, and that was my first taste of just the friendly community, you know, because mm -hmm. I, I, I've been following like Scott Campbell and stuff, and I was like, oh, I need those cables. Those cables look cool. <laughs> I started <laughs> to get into that fetishy thing of like, oh, yeah, yeah. I need all the these. The collector's now. mind. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, these white cables are hot. So I found them on Modular Addict and sort of wrote to Jim and sort of gotten more conversations with him. And then he kind of like looked at my setup on like Modular Grid or whatever. And he was like, oh, it's interesting. Let me wrote, no, let me bring Brandon into this. And so um, 
they were saying, yeah, but where, how do you like control stuff? Like, how do you interact with it properly? And I was like, oh, you haven't even thought about that. It's like, yeah, you've, mm -hmm. you've put all your energy into oscillators and thought about it like that, but you haven't really contemplated how you're going to touch it and get involved with it and make it your own. So it took me a while just to think, oh, that's true. Mm -hmm. How mm -hmm. do I want to interact with this? And, you know, and I, I suppose I needed something like an eloquence early on because I just sort of thought that brought simplicity to it and a familiarity to it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So I mm -hmm. could control events and it was so clear. Mm -hmm. That really helped me to expand and just make kind of tracks i suppose completely right, right, right. with the euro rack <laughs> instead of blips and blocks yeah. and bleeps yeah <laughs> and also just spilling it out because i come from a kind of a background of knowing about signal flow and i have a lot of um external hardware gear for recording mm -hmm. in general so i wanted to kind of um interface my outputs correctly that was also been a big journey for me like getting the sound out in the way i like yeah I've kind yeah, of in the beginning. I I did buy the N two WS. Is it N N W two? Okay, which is that? N W two S. It's like the balanced I O. It's got like eight okay. ins, uh -huh. eight outs, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. with a D sub connector. But okay. I found it pretty hissy. It's like not the greatest signal, to be honest. It's mm -hmm. it's all right, but then I landed on a on a system of um, individual DIs. Okay. Okay. Preamps. Um, which I still use to this day, have a mixed system of individual DI cables. It's like long cables that hang over the modular with numbers. Uh -huh. they, go okay, into, okay. uh, they go into my patch bay so I can just sort of patch it around available preamps or signals as I see fit. And then, um, yeah, man. Anyway, I'm veering off. I'm just rambling now. <laughs> but I, I suppose hey, those that's the, the reason I made this podcast yeah. is so we could collect, come together, and ramble about modular. No, but that's the thing. It's, sort of, it's, it's kind of chronological like that because I thought, oh, mm -hmm. I like the tones. But then I was like, how do I get the signal right? And uh, the surge stuff is notorious. I remember writing to Ben Divkid about mm -hmm. the surge stuff, and he was going, oh, yeah. Do they play well with the other modules? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I've heard they've got a low output volume. And I, they do. Mm -hmm. they really do aren't they different voltage systems yeah i think they're just they're just there yeah, they're a lot lower in general so chris from learning modular like was talking about using the frap tools three two one to sort of you know put before and after things like the surge um wave shaper and stuff because mm -hmm. if you put in an output from a you know a brutal eurorack <laughs> oscillator straight mm -hmm. into that it's too hot you know yeah yeah it's expecting the output from a surge module so it's expecting a lot less mm -hmm. so i think it's important just to understand like signal flow and, and gain structure in general mm -hmm. it's really crucial and it's even more so in eurorack i find because yeah it's frustratingly hissy if you're not in control of that shit right yeah and trying to use it with external effects like you know effects yeah. pedals and stuff like that um Right, but and I think yeah, that's, yeah. It, that's it. I, I wanted to introduce it into my system, and then I wanted to like synchronize it, you know, uh -huh. with my with my computer. To an extent, I wanted to do that. Mm -hmm. Although I must say, at that point, I'd already maxed out on using computers to the point of like just really hating it. Yeah, yeah. But like, you feel like that was a little bit of a push, maybe more back. Yeah, in the, yeah. I wanted to like get away. I wanted to be back in hardware. Although yeah. I never, actually, in fairness, I'd never actually been like all in hardware. Right. I've always been a computer guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, you had the hardware to control the stuff. Like I watched your KEX, KEXP mm -hmm. thing from a while ago, and right. uh, that was a pretty massive 
setup of boxes and you know different mm-hmm. you know the APC 40 and all sorts of different stuff sure. the amount of prep time to get all that stuff ready to control it with that hardware must have been just ages on the computer right yeah and lots of max programming because yeah. it's all custom max for live yeah and I'm mm-hmm. like, I started my sort of making my looper and all that in max okay in the late 90s okay so I got really into max and I suppose hey you ask about modular yeah right in a way <laughs> yeah yeah that was my first real modular mindset mm-hmm. and it was very advanced for me at the time but it made me think in that way mm-hmm. of like which i still feel like i use now and i spoke to Eamon Tobin and a bunch of other people about this like almost like the raymond scott mentality as i imagine like exercises like okay i'm trying to achieve this goal of like i want counter harmony but i don't want it repeating and i don't want it sharing notes but i and i want it off on these beats and like you have like some goals and you think mm-hmm. how on earth am i going to do that with this equipment right 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 <laughs> and i know i'm quite cerebral so i get a kick out of that like all right well i'm going to use this and then you know yeah use a, like logic gate and then and then not allow them to overlap and then you sort of like work it out right mm-hmm. yeah it's like legos for adults or something yeah no, exactly <laughs> and like having mala melodies and having div kid and having yourself and like having this like resource of people that are talking about it has obviously been hugely valuable yeah just sometimes watching ben's videos or you know alex's videos you know when he started to talk about sequential switches and stuff like that i was just like oh yeah of course yeah yeah you got to have Definitely. sequential switches, so I bought like four of them, and yeah, and I still got a couple out of the case. But my my rig is currently on a in a pretty okay place. Yeah, yeah, mine's. Anyway. I have four cases right now. Um, yeah. Well, one of them is is my work case for after later. But I just got. Um, speaking of like sequential switches and stuff, I got the Stum and Macro oh, from FSS right. and yeah, right. you. Um, just powerhouse utilities and it's like it's funny yeah. you start getting really into utilities after a few years you know when you get into it you're all about the oscillators and stuff and everybody who's been it. in it a while they're like well it's all about utilities and you're like those aren't fun it's like no those are the fun yeah finest. that's there's no re- there's no coincidence that ben's first modules were all small handy utilities right you know? he's no dummy yeah there's yeah. also like a great way to yeah, if you're if you're developing modules, it's a it's a good way in because yeah, they're always necessary. Yeah, no, I, they caught my eye though. So, I, 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 do they have advantages over the DivKid mutes, for example? I think the well, the stum I think is it's it's much. I haven't really messed with it too much, but my sense is that it's just mutes with some extra functions. Mute mutes is like very it's it's very powerful and awesome, but it's you know it's very cut and dry what it is. Probably stum, isn't it? It was probably, yeah. Stum, it's like keeping it, keeping it, keeping it down. Stum. Well, I was calling macro Marco because I'm dyslexic, and I was like, oh no, it's macro because it's a macro <laughs> controller, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I suppose I've got, I, I mean, I've got the emblematic catalyst. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, I'd imagine that sort of like I've kind of got those bases relatively covered, but yeah, you can never have too many, like you said. Right, right, right. Yeah. So I had some just... vision of something the other day. We were using Pams, and it was like a Red Means recording, like some video he did using just like you know the the reduction on a the note the note probability reduction, mm-hmm. the classic Richard Devine, you know, whatever the the uh, basically opening and closing the tap of data. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Um, you know what I mean? The probabilistic behavior gates mm-hmm. gate probabilities on a dial 
so you can have complexity oh, and then dial right. it way back just with uh -huh. one knob. And uh -huh. I was like, oh, that's super cool to do that. But then what I'd like is the output of PAMS to sort of go through a kind of a network where it's kind of spidered out, you know, and then like, then you'd need other things like these, like, like dividing modules that can kind right. of also, you can, then it can really get into some interesting territory because you can have one knob controlling so many complicated things. And I think as you get more and more into module, that's when you are, you try to work out how to make big controls right mm -hmm. yeah of yeah one but mm -hmm. really interesting controls that right just do so much and you can just like yeah have you messed <laughs> with the Benjolin at all no i've seen it and i was curious about it uh it does appeal but um um for some reason it didn't quite appeal i don't know why i should revisit it it's pretty crazy but you know so it's like there's a shift register portion of it and oh, yeah nice. it's, it's one of those things where there's a lot of outputs and you can do some pretty large changes I like shift with a register. lot of stuff i love shift register yeah. but i've got two ornament and crimes and they're pretty much doing that yeah all yeah the time. yeah but it's a shame because they're kind of getting used up just to do that right you know? right right <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it would be nice to have one on a module dedicated yeah. i mean to anyone who's not really into that like man you can get so much mileage out of just feeding like an lfo right mm -hmm. oh the totally. combination of a quantizer a shift register and an lfo is like man just sit back and relax and yeah yeah we'll make music uh -huh. beautiful music yeah it's and then kind that of like... combined with probability is mm -hmm. so exciting you yeah. know i mean i mean there's lots of ways to introduce that and i think that was such a revelation to me as well looking at richard devine's live sets and seeing the skipman probabilistic gate triggers or whatever oh which yeah, are very I've hard to get hold of that now. yeah yeah they're, 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 you can't get them anymore i think but i one thing you can get instead is the um i think it's called branches the oh, immutable. yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. It's the same kind of thing, uh, probabilistic um, dice roll, eff effectively. Right, right, right. With more weighting as you move the pot. So, like, one side, it's all coming through. The other side, it's all going out the other output. Right, right. <laughs> you know? So, the even only, uses for, uh, like, open and clo closed hats, for example. Right, Just open right. and closed hats coming uh -huh. out of that. Bam. The OMI Industries uh, dual digital shift register, I think, is would probably scratch that itch, too. That's a pretty cool... Uh, module right. that does some and weird stuff. And they've got stuff. that, yeah, because I always wanted, like, back in the day, I was like, oh, man, I really want, like, a CV delay. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And it's still quite hard to find a, a simple CV delay, right? Yeah, I mean, Maleco has one. Uh, that's the first one I can think of. Um, but then you start thinking, like, how can I just make one with what I have? You know, and that's like... A little the, bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, you end up coming back to things like, oh, I'll, I'll, it'll probably be something you can do in the disting. And then you're like, but then my disting will be occupied just doing a, a CV delay. You know? <laughs> right, right, yeah. Always, that's always the conundrum of the disting. You're like, uh huh. Oh. That and ornament, I'm always like, well, I can't just use. It's like, yeah, but that's that's kind of why you got it, you know? Like, yeah, it's, it's just do it. <laughs> yeah. It will be cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, and you might want to. I mean, that tends to be the rule, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I I, I was rocking. I think I had three distings for a while because I was trying to because wow. just the effects, basically. Yeah. Had, you know, great effects and. Um. So, where were we? We were talking. So where when you you were at the control? What did you end up settling right. on for like actual control? Or do you have some surfaces? Yeah. Or are you a knob I, twiddler? Yeah. I mean, I, I've got quite. Um. Okay. Well, I went through a few zones. Uh, I th yeah, I started out the classic pressure points brains. Right. I've got two pressure points, you know, so I had eight, eight rows. Useful. And mm -hmm. I got sequential switches so I could extend the rows. Obviously, the classic use of the sequential switch. Mm -hmm. 
you know, increasing the row count, really. And then um, that was cool. Um, then I've got, I've settled on a quite a nice system now. It's got the, um, it's the planer, you know, the joystick. Yeah. Plane two, mm -hmm. And I've got the Triger, which is okay. I think my particular one is a little duff because if you hold your finger down at the end of the button, it kind of goes, oh, re-triggers no. like crazy. Oh, you know, really? you have to really tap it. I think it's just a hardware thing, uh -huh. but, uh, but it's a good idea and does come in handy. Um, and then I've got the catalyst next door to it. So I've got like, you know, the joystick, the buttons, and this kind of macro fader thing. Okay. That's been really useful. Especially, uh, I got a 301, an ER301 pretty early in the game because I'm okay. a kind of max MSP kind of head. Yeah, yeah. It did appeal. So it's been very, very nice for me to use that. And I've got a Sweet 16 as well from Tesseract. I'm not familiar with that one. It, it pushes out I2C, you know. So okay. like I've got that directly connected to the 301. Okay. Like, so I don't have to have patch cables into the 301 anymore, really. Okay. Like, I can have okay. 16 faders control parameters of the 301. Oh, oh that's awesome. Hard yeah. patch with the I2C, you know. That 301 is um, really powerful. That's it like is. A, it's like a computer. <laughs> it is. It's, 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 I, I, when I can be bothered, uh, which I, it, it's, I always think, oh, God, it's going to be a nightmare, this thing. But. Whenever I put time into it, it's amazingly designed. Yeah, that's like what I it hear. Is incredibly that's what I hear. designed. Mm -hmm. Like he's a genius, man. Like yeah. it's so the way he's made that interface feel powerful is in itself. The interface design is phenomenal. The mm -hmm. performance is decent, and the for, and I mean the, for the granular alone, it's it's. it's can't be beaten in Eurorack, I don't think. Okay. But, um, it's the, it, I mean, although the new Daisy stuff is looking really good. They can take gen patches from Max. Have you seen oh, that stuff? No, I haven't. That looks really good. Because I love Suzuki Kentaro, who's like a Max for Life uh -huh. programmer. And he's, starting to, he's threatening to be making stuff that would be able to be ported onto that Daisy okay. patch, I think it's called. Okay. And that is super interesting. Because then you can have actually Max patches running in modular purely in hardware wow wow with no computer attached and so you can do some beautiful particle reverbs and stuff that just like is unheard of right now and okay I mean, and including probably signal processing and all kinds of cool stuff so anyway that's, that's an exciting really new dimension yeah, okay. it's a great new dimension i know I don't nothing wanna, about programming yeah. or anything but yeah, i just yeah. i just got the organelle and i'm trying nice. to learn because i guess pure data I is kind that, of like yeah. uh yeah it's like it's max similar. jr you know Oh, no, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Max, man. It's the same methodology. You can get just as deep, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, a gen, though, is a little bit above Max. Gen is a learning curve. And I haven't, it's a thing, man. You're torn all over the place, right? Right. I'm a dad. Yeah. I got the pod to do. And that's Dude. really like the bottom line. It's like, right. I would, right. and I've got a lot of modular now. Um, the central heart of it is, I could, like, as to, to continue on that lineage of like control, I, I did have those, yeah, I started to sort of have, uh, what used to piss me off, and back in the day I had a, like a Korg SQ10 or whatever it's called, the original yeah. big version of the thing they've made small, uh -huh. <laughs> SQ1. Right, right, like, right. I had the original Korg one, and it was cool, but it always just made like, bing, bing, bing. It's like, uh -huh. all right, man. <sighs> you could transpose the sequence, but it was like, actually then I got into using the Poly and Seek, Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and I did really enjoy the idea of that and you can sort of do the same thing with voltage block but I never really kind of got along with voltage block until recently 
and I'm using voltage block in a totally different way. I found it really useful as a CV source, not a sequencer. That's where right. I feel like is it shines really Is that what you really were doing? Bright. Well, like, I tried you, to use it as a sequencer, and then I ended up using it just yeah. as control voltage for things. Right. You mean like a, a memory, memory bank? Um, Just like creating oh, like stepped voltages and I just see. to control like the filter cutoffs and stuff like that you know but you like, know what you can also use it for which is i didn't know like when i got the strega recently and i was trying to just sort of quantize the delay times to uh -huh. a clock because it's so free you know like how do you actually do that where you can have just one control knob that would step through a bit like the old korg electribes you uh -huh. know step through your basically eighth dot eight t you know do you know what I'm saying? Right, yeah, yeah, I yeah, thought, yeah. Oh, you use the voltage block and you put a CV into the voltage block from the dial, right? Uh huh. And okay. it moves across. Um, it moves across its ranges, and it outputs wherever the CV is at that range at that step. Oh, whoa. Okay, I see. Uh huh. And, and uh -huh. you can do that on eight outputs, so it's like a memory of eight of eight positions. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, that's super Times useful. eight. That's crazy, yeah. It's super crazy. Yeah. It's, it's like super powerful, man. I was like, oh my God, this is like patch recall. Yeah, yeah, that's Because really I, cool. I don't like using like the, the pressure points for that. Ultimately, you could, I suppose. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. it's not CV addressable in that way. The you know, you've got the brains, but that runs in a sequence. It's not right. random access. Mm -hmm. This one is random access to memory locations. You know what I'm saying? The CV input jumps the voltage block to a particular... Mm -hmm. preset location right 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 super cool man that is really cool it, i yeah. didn't really ever think of, now i really love the voltage block for that use uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> see the addressable storage device it's so crazy how like know, how deep a useful. lot of these things are very like, useful yeah yeah and then but if you're using it for that you better be careful because if you change the, <laughs> if you nudge the values you know what i mean it's like there's that it's not really uh -huh. designed for that I, mean, I guess it could be, but um, but yeah, like I said, it's all very useful. But but and I yeah, I ended up on the seek because I was trying to basically emulate Raymond Scott, and a lot of Raymond Scott's things would be to have like, you'd have like and it would like, but that was just transposition of a thing. But the transposition is obviously happening a lot slower than the actual main sequence. So the seek was appealing because it could, on different rows, run at different clock speeds. So I could have the da 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 being the rhythmic phrase, and then I could have the transposition also on another row below it, below it, moving a lot slower. So it's like, but don't don't wait, da 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 da. You know what I mean? It's going at different speed. So just having those two things interact really opened my mind. Like, oh, this is how Raymond Scott was doing it. <laughs> he had different speed sequences, like he multiple sequences essentially. Right. right. And I, I heard I heard Richard Devine talking about that, like sequences controlling other sequences, and I was like, wow, now that is a cool idea. Now, how does that really work? Uh huh. Right. And like now, I found I've got the Metropolis, and it's, it behaves very nicely with an external. Clock. I've heard good things about that. I've kind of, I haven't been in the sequencer world for. A long time. I got the Metron, which I really, really like. That kind People of love I, that. Yeah. I vibe really well with that, from, yeah. especially for percussive stuff. But I've kind of gone all the way, leaned all the way into samplers and signal processing. Just I don't you, hardly right. use oscillators. I just like effects. You still got to sequence it. Yeah, I mean, I guess I. Well, my thing is lately I've been putting my 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 synth on a. I bought this external backpack frame. And I just nice. put my my make make noise seven U case on it, and I use the Instro R bar external mic, and then I just process 
the incoming sound through all my effects. So yeah, it would be cool to put a sequencer on there, but they're just so dang big that I lose. It's kind of a, a real estate battle. Um, so I have a lot you, of so just just control using, voltage. Right. So you're just using it as a big signal processor. Yeah, I turn it into a field recorder, basically. An effects, effects unit. unit. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> it's but been hey, really fun. No, absolutely. And I say to people who are trying to get into modular that that would be an undeniable way in. Like yeah. my friend Rob Berger that I was talking about across the road. He's, mm -hmm. he's he. I mean, look, behind me, you probably can't see, but I've got like a, I've got an Orchestron. Oh, okay. Which is the machine that the Kraftwerk used on... Uh, you know, on like um, Trans Europe Express. Okay. The strings. Da, 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 da. Like, you know, it's an amazing machine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, and you know, they're super rare. I think there's only 30 of them in the world. Holy so, shit. So, like, they're working. Yeah, it's like crazy. Like, uh -huh. One of the top, like, desirable pieces available. I've been using it. It's all the sounds are recorded onto plastic discs. A bit like the oh, Optagon. Whoa. It's like a professional oh. Optagon. So it's like okay. loops of optically recorded audio. Wow. It's, okay. I mean, it's an incredibly elegant and simple idea, with, but also very clunky. It's just a motor in there. It's, and I was going to say, like, is that <laughs> you know? like, is like, if is there anybody who could service that these days? Although you know, like, it's not actually a lot going on in there. Okay. So I think yes, because it's really a motor. You know the. The, the, I mean, a lot easier to repair than a DSP, you know, like some breaks on a, <laughs> right, on right. a, a you know, 10, 10 bit box, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. Good luck with that. You know, uh -huh. Yeah. It's way easier than that. So that's the uh -huh. thing. These machines, they're mechanical, you know, so in yeah. a way, not so bad, but um, just an awesome idea. So, uh, what was I going to say? But uh, yeah, I, I was saying to him, like, if you want to get into Eurorack, you start with effects because then... You know, I suppose people got a taste of that when Mooga Fuga came out, but I don't yeah. think it was the right time when those pedals came out, you know. Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. I have one of the Mooga Fuga control pedals, for example, which is like... Yeah, I've heard that's awesome, yeah. It is really useful, and I'm using it with my... See, this is my journey, right? This is I'm kind of slowly getting there, right? Like, I had the Eloquenza, really great. The Eloquenza mm -hmm. was, was it for me. When I got the Eloquenza, I was like, oh, great. Now I can really control this shit. Like I can, I can see my drums. I can see, and I had the, that, and I think I had the seek at the same time running uh -huh. together. That gave me a lot of power. I'll do the drum sequencing with the eloquence. I'll do the melodic stuff with the seek, and I enjoyed that for a while. Although obviously the seek without, you know, you need the CV expansion for it to really get interesting, and it is great with that, the poly expander. Um, I sort of grew out of that when I got the circle on. Yeah, I made I've the heard took the plunge and took the circle on, and I was like. Okay, I'm gonna have to learn this thing because it's a beast. And, yeah. I, and in, in, in before that, though, I did get hold of an Acme clock. Okay. Which, if people don't know, we go on about this so much in the pod and everything, but um, it's just like a GRM clock that you see on, um, you know, Ricky's show, YouTube. Like he likes that one. GRM make a great multi clock. This is another kind of clock along those lines. It means if you want to do recording in your computer, you can send it basically an audio pulse as opposed to a MIDI clock. So oh, the computer cool. is sending out audio like a pulse width signal uh -huh, uh -huh. that the that the Acme picks up, and it, it distributes MIDI and other um, clocks after it syncs it syncs to that audio. That's signal, awesome. Yeah, that's which is that's, definitely the way to go. Yeah, that's how and I've been like, syncing stuff lately. Is just with like 
the four MS envelope follower, that percussion yeah. interface thing. Absolutely. I mean, it's like a super simplified version of that. Absolutely. I think. No, that's right. Now that totally works. Mm -hmm. That totally works, man. That's essentially what it's doing. That's a good good solution as well. And it's actually interestingly enough, I, I'm, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but that that's <laughs> something I definitely have explored in other ways. But the um, yeah, the Acme is amazing because it can just to go on about the Acme for a little bit and how important it is because I've talked to a lot of other modular users that have kind of gone on about this too the importance of being able to distribute um, clocks and have synchronicity and be able to do overdubbing in a computer for example because I do like the idea of like being able to like have some things in the computer because the computer is so much better at some some tasks yes absolutely you know yeah. it just really is and you just are a bit like you can I mean I've tried to do like really crazy break chopping and everything inside the assimilator with like with Metzirklon and it can definitely be done but I'm like man I could just do this in five seconds on Ableton right right you know <laughs> I mean I just could and it would be just as good it'd be better you know yeah right right it's just, yeah. I mean I can fool myself like I'm really doing it in the module it's like <laughs> yeah but it's a nah. weird that's a weird line that gets blurred and it's it's yeah yeah, yeah. I am doing it in a, I'm doing it in hardware it's pretty cool right but it's like there's a certain point where I'm like, that's not what I'm where my heart is with this system. Yeah. Um, so it's funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I, the circle on was this sort of big investment and, and I just thought, okay, it locks to the computer. So if I do want to have like a beat on the computer that I'm feeling mm -hmm. like, the, and then the, all the modulus just in with it, like no questions asked. It is rock solid. Yeah, it takes a bar really to nice. start, but it is right. solid. Okay. And the thing is, you can move the you can move any of the four clock sources. The Acme takes one in and it distributes four outs. They can be MIDI, they can be like control Roland sync, like my six uh -huh. of six or whatever. And also, you can add like swing. Oh, you can nice. add swing per nice. channel. Oh wow! So you can swing a six oh six, for example, uh -huh. which does not have swings. Right, right. But it's an and it's not only swing; it's got fifteen kinds of swing. This thing, really, and, like, and a swing amount, positive and negative, and it has a, and you can offset with another pot, like in sixteenths forward or backwards relative to the clock, and you can okay, also do a okay. fine tune control, like wow. forward or back. So the combination of swing and pushing things forward and back in time. You get into some beautiful, like Dilla kind of ill swings yeah, and yeah, like yeah. push and pull, and all of a sudden boxes are talking to each other. Like my SP12, like its MIDI sync is not great, but with this box I can like pull it early, say, or pull it or push it late, or like uh -huh. you know what I mean. You can yeah. sort of make them fit, you, like, and that's just an invaluable tool. It's obscenely expensive. The Atme. <laughs> it's like a thousand dollars or something, like, really? like eight hundred dollars. It's like okay. it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, I got one second hand. I saved a bit of money, but good God, it is useful. Talk yeah, about was, utilities. <sighs> it is indispensable for me. If you were, if you're, if you're just got, if a big, if you have a big studio and, and a lot of stuff like you have, like, yeah, it's expensive, but once you have it, like, oh man, you've it, just it united everything. Yeah, that yeah, and you don't really... have to think about it anymore. You don't have to think. Oh, is it going to be? Is it? Is it going to be a bit wobbly? It is really rock, and you always think of new uses for it. So that is mm -hmm. amazing. When I had that in the Circlon, I had a lot of work to do. Yeah, yeah. Because it was just like I got. If I'm going to buy this Circlon and put all this money into it, I really want to work it out. Mm -hmm, and I'm mm -hmm. still working it out, man. Right, right. It's yeah, deep. like you said a bit ago, we'll we'll, we'll always be working it out. Yeah, oh, that's it. That's <laughs> it. I mean, it's it is it is the ultimate hardware sequencer currently. 
Right. No question. Right. Yeah. In my mind, there's not nothing even close. I mean, it is, is truly a masterpiece. It's 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 really what they say it is. It's, it's okay. Really nuts. Yeah. I love it. I've always been. I think. I don't know what it is. It might it might be intimidation mixed with laziness or something. But I've I've always kept the modular and other stuff relatively separate. Um, yeah. Aside from like strega and stuff. Uh. <laughs> it's, it's pretty wise. I mean, I I like the idea of integrating. I think if I'm in like in a session or something and against the clock. See, currently, I mean, to keep the lineage sort of talk going a little bit once that found its center in my system then it was about my voicing and how I was going to lay it out and eventually mm -hmm. I got myself a Bifaco like milk mixer oh yeah 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 and uh, I'd put that off for ages just thinking nah it's not for me but it's, that's also just really opened up the system mm -hmm. obviously it's it's uh, it's just a really fun fun thing to have mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so yeah I've basically got the squid sample and like a QD, you know, the the drum thing from VPME. Currently in my drum world, yeah. It's, uh, you know, the guy who makes Euclidean circles. So okay. I've got, uh -huh. I've got the Euclidean yeah. circles going into the squid sample, going to, well, I've got this U, this QD. Then I've got a beads and uh, and I've got a, a, a matter two, folk tech and a woggle bug in like one case. Okay. Uh -huh. <laughs> and then, um, and a data, which is obviously, <laughs> you have to have a data. Dude, I, then, yeah, I love that thing. Oh, so it's so useful. Uh, and then my other case is kind of like more effects. I've got the mimeophon, the echo, the um, herb verb, the instro lubda, and then that like, thing's weird, know, man. It is really hard. Really it's, hard it, work. Yeah, it's it's. I couldn't get it to. I couldn't get it. I mean, I didn't work that hard on it. I, I realized that. Uh, I had I had morphogene. I know they're pretty different, but morphogene was scratching that itch, and I really wanted the yeah. R bar, so I did the swap. But hey, I I understand it. it. It's I I sometimes think about getting rid of it, but then I'll have like real crazy days with it. And just go, yeah, like I did an amazing jam with it the other day that was like made me really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Like I had all the output from the whole modular going into it. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's just a stereo looper, you know. For people who don't know, it's like two kind of reel to reel style um, yeah it's like displays. two decks that can kind of cross yeah. like yeah they can be in sync or they can be separate right and like and like and that alone is a powerful concept and and i just sort of fed everything into that and then from that downstream i fed into more loopers and then i <laughs> and then i fed into more effects and stuff and i was just getting like these results that were just so cool that sounds awesome yeah and yeah and i, I was just like oh, okay this is justifying this thing because it's not the greatest sound in the world either. It's got a little bit of a scratchy quality to it. It's not bad. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, anyway, that's an interesting piece. And I've got the uh, another thing that, which, I, which I never use is the LR4. You know, the, the, I don't know if you know that. It's like a – Divka did a demo on it, and I just thought this is a no-brainer. It's like a – it splits the signal into multi-bands, and then the bands kind of come out separate so you can okay. like, process them downstream. Well, that's, so, that sounds like an interesting idea. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, whenever I use it, it's like super cool. Yeah. It's just yeah. like one knob and you turn it and then it, it scans through and you'll be able to put like just delay on the mids, for example, and not on the lows. That is, I like that. That is cool. Yeah. And like just that alone is like, uh -huh. super handy. I've got to use that more. And, and then I've got a maths and a, you know, Batumi 
going into a stereo dipole and then a muton and then two of those um, low pass filters high pass filters like and then then the Bifaco and then my other cases <laughs> and then I've got yeah two like <laughs> whatever I'm just going through the whole thing now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've got one which is just like QCD going into a Turing machine and then a ornament, and, ornament and crime and then a, a rampage to the 4MS sort of delay and then uh, an amp and tone and then a, a Bifaco A plus B. Okay. Like in that's, one little satellite. That's, so, yeah, that's a powerhouse right there. Yeah, it's a real sort of sequencer like with different mindset. Mm-hmm. And then I've got another one which is the other yeah, planer going into the, you know, the Triger and then the Catalyst and the Sweet 16 and the ER301 all in one little unit. Okay. And one of those mate skiffs. And then my kind of main poly system, which is like where I went after I did all the sequencing and stuff, I thought, okay, and I've got the assimilator and everything. It's in another case. I've got like mm-hmm. a separate IntelliGel case that's got like the, yeah, the assimilator in a, a couple of Erica things. And then um, the, the Metropolis is kind of like a sort of techno box. Okay, okay. With like a right. self-contained one with a crush delay and like just like, it's pretty good. It's like lacking a certain amount of control, but it's, it's not bad. So paired, <laughs> so paired with that one box I was talking about, the QCD. Right, right. That's, you can... I kept that's useful because I can just pop that on and like an, an add-on. Mm-hmm. Add so mm-hmm. much having that, yeah. you know. Yeah, obviously, yeah. So you know. A good way to link them all together too, yeah. I'm sure. And it's um, a small like this portable, so I can just go. Oh, I'll take this. I take this whole little block out and add it to this. I'm gonna look into that. Cause that sounds really interesting. It's really cool. And then uh, so the yeah, my main rig over there is like this kind of like. Uh, wish I could show you. I, maybe I can. <laughs> uh, hang on. <laughs> yeah, look. see that oh yeah right so basically um what we got here yeah it's it's a four oscillator polysynth basically okay three oscillators are the nto search the fourth one is the 352 um you know cloud terrarium okay yep and then really the second row isn't being used for much but i've got the hermod which takes the midi Okay. So the Hermod is converting MIDI from the circlon into the chordal information, you know what I mean, to, mm-hmm. to distribute to all of the oscillators. And then to do, and then I've got four, um, hang on, you can't even see, four precision adders. Okay. Like, so each voice has its own precision adder. And and then, like, uh, then it's just like VCA land with the Derpfer octal VCAs and octal... Um, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Filters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then I've got the uh, preset down there, like this used to essentially do, um, to bring back ADSR presets. Okay. For, oh. for the amplitude and for the mm-hmm. filter settings. Uh, and yeah, and also one of the prized things I have is the uh, Rabid Elephant Natural Gate. Okay. See I've heard one. of that. Is that an older module? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it took me a long time to get that thing. <laughs> and it, it's, it's phenomenal. So good. Uh, Man, that's, yeah. that studio looks like a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, uh, it's, 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 uh, it is, it's, it's, uh, I, whenever I take a kind of ride in the studio, I'm like, oh my God, I've, I'm, I'm so lucky. Um, 
yeah, I've put a lot into it and um yeah that that poly I must say is a bit of my pride and joy because it's uh that was that was it really gives me a sound yeah yeah so it really gives me I, I've, I've it's a very particular sound because I've got the um div kids you know the what is it the uh the oct you know the, the oct, oct that, is like it's one of yeah. my favorite modules yeah it's and so it's, good it, it's so good so it's um it's changing on the ntos the surge oscillators they can go into a sort of variable oscillator mode okay so they kind of do they sh their wave is shifting okay so okay. each of the three of them are shifting differently and then the cloud right. terrarium is also shifting Okay. Okay. So it's got its wavetables. It's interesting to have one odd voice that's not the same. Uh huh. Uh huh. Part of me feels like I'd like to get one last NTO and just have a four voice NTO. I think it would uh -huh. actually be the sickest. Yeah. And uh, I, I'll probably do that one day, but it's, they're so expensive, hard just hard to justify a little bit. Yeah. Um. Um. But it's nice as well having this spicy alternate voice. It somehow it kind of gives the patch its identity because it only comes in every now and again, you know. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And I run that one through an amp and tone of its own because it tends to be a lot brighter than the others. Okay. I love okay. the amp and tone original Verbos. Okay. I got the amp and tone too. I've never messed not with any Verbos stuff. Big fan. But, okay. I'm not a big fan of the second one. Stay away from that. That's my, I'm, not to be down on it, but um, right. if you can get the original one, I highly recommend it. It's, it's a different thing. A lot less noisy uh but yeah man that that will be and then like you know i, I go into the l1 vca you know which i Wait. which i also highly recommend it's a bit like a poor man's framer i suppose okay okay um but it really is not cheap it's got all the that chips in it so it's like super high quality signal mm -hmm. uh, it's really nice and so okay. all the outputs from the uh, from the poly go into that and then they get spread into an X-pan from Make Noise. And so the voices are kind of split. And like you've got voice one and three and voice two and four like on different sides of the stereo field. Mm -hmm. And they kind of animate using like one of the LFOs. And then I've got like macro controls. When you hit the keys on the, on the, on the keyboard, it goes into a gate system. So every time a note is played, it uses an and logic basically so okay it knows okay. any time any key is played that, that there's an envelope to be triggered um and then i sort of have a um a contour you know with a duranalog basically a, yeah the small mass i like have that kind of ramping in the vibrato with a delay okay so i have okay. an adsr separate so when you start to play the vibrato like creeps in okay oh nice which nice, nice, is nice. not a small thing it's amazing when uh -huh. you add that to the poly it's just so good i thought i wonder if it'll be good to have vibrato oh my god it's just you've got to have vibrato man. yeah like, yeah it just adds an incredible depth so like once i had that and then i've got so then on my sweet 16 which is like kind of my macro controller for it i've got vibrato speed you know, I've got like portamento speed because the surges have like a portamento that you can add, mm -hmm. <laughs> but not the terrarium. So that's a bit weird. So, um, and then, you know, a few other and then filter cutoff and filter resonance and envelope amount. I mean, those are my only controls. But good God, I can take some cover, some ground with that. <laughs> and with the preset yeah. to my right, I can go to snappy presets and I can go to like longer, more legato sounds. Mm -hmm. And then, um, but yeah. That's my poly. That's I. Okay, so we're we're close, we're over an hour. I don't want to take up too much of your time, you know. Oh, but man, uh, no I'm curious. 
where does this music that you make with this modular system end up? Is this going to be on? Right. You know, like, I mean, it's sort of what, what happened was, I, and I still wasn't particularly happy with that result until I got my Atari, the thing I did a YouTube video on there, mm -hmm. the CV controlled um, tape machine. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was going oh, to say right. about uh -huh. like, you using envelope followers to generate clocks. Essentially, what I ended up doing, making a control track on the tape loop and just recording little like periodic clicks. Oh, the, like, and I work uh -huh. out how many you'd need to make a perfect loop. Basically, wow. you put one click down and then put in Pro Tools and see how long it takes to go a full round. And then you divide that by a certain number and then you make that click track and then you print it onto the tape. Uh -huh. It's not easy because sometimes by hitting the record, you make a hole in it. And anyway, it's tricky to do. But then you kind of have to put it through an audio gate, clean up the signal, put it into an envelope follower. And then I was controlling the modular from the tape machine. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, so that it was like awesome. synchronizing to the loop of tape, uh -huh, uh -huh. which meant if I want to do sound on sound arpeggios and stuff, it was in sync. That's because so cool. the tape was the boss. So like, yeah, that was an incredible journey, and it's made some amazing music. It took that for me. I've 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 always wanted to have tape involved in my modular sound because mm -hmm. I came from adoring Raymond Scott, and I'm still a Raymond Scott like fanboy. Mm -hmm. So I want my and so like really my system now has found its home because I do the poly, but I always run it into the tape. And then I run it through my like external processing of the AMS and the Publison and the, the prime time and these 80s modulators. And then I then that becomes my sound. Right, I finally right. found my sound with modular and it's it's kind of like that at the moment. Um, it's, it's sequencing the poly. Sometimes I'll send it information from an application called Chordamist from the computer, which is like a chord sprayer that's purely MIDI. Mm -hmm. But that MIDI will go into the Hermod, you know. The Hermod comes right. up on my computer as a device. So I can kind of access it from that or I can access it from the Circlon, depending how I want to do it. Um, so I can just play the MIDI and send it crazy MIDI parts and it'll, it'll play it pretty well. Uh, uh -huh. Obviously four voices, but um, that's been like a world, man. Just that like that having sounds that. like so, like... So sick. Yeah, I'll I send wanna... you some recordings. I'll send you some bits. Well, I was going like, to say, do you want to do a patch challenge with it? How do I do that? I'll give you an adjective and a noun. And then when we're done here, you just yeah. record a piece of music inspired by that adjective and noun and, and send it to me along with your recording of your side of the conversation. Yeah, man. Count me in. All right. Simplistic... It might not be today. No, that's fine. That's fine. Um, simplistic miracle. How are, how are those words? That's, that's what I drew for you before the show started. Hey, I have a random okay, patch yeah. cha challenge generator. Simplistic miracle. Yeah. That's nice. Which, yeah. Elegance had, of elegance sublime. Yeah. yeah. I kind of, I felt like that would fit with your, it, I felt like that fit your general aesthetic, but that's, yeah, there's nothing simplistic about what you just described in your system. No, <laughs> it's not. It's a very, yeah, it's very complicated. And just as you can, as you know, like this is the hard part man like you know, as you know as you know but like this just the jungle yeah, yeah. <laughs> the jungle of wires yeah. industry yeah, yeah, that is, is that is the i mean there's that mhm mm jeez yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> that is intense, dude. That's what happens when you get into poly. <laughs> right, right. Because it's like you need eight of everything. Like, it's like, holy shit. It's definitely Colin Benders is like all over that shit. But, yeah. Uh, and he's, he's amazing at the poly stuff. Uh, this is, but this is my own particular flavor of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I could have not skimped. I mean, the dirt for solutions are a little bit like skimping slightly, mm-hmm. but they sound really good. Yeah. They do a great job. And ultimately, there is something to be said for like when the when it's. I mean, I could make this sound even more like majestic if it was all discreet. Mm-hmm. Like it, each channel had its own VCA, own VCF, and like really went in there. But that was such an expensive. Part. Yeah. And you've yeah. only got four voices still, so you're a bit like that. <laughs> right, right. It's like, it's a lot for four, but uh-huh. it would be a hell of a synth. I mean, it's still a hell of a synth now, but you can make it even more crazy. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's the thing. That's always the thing with modulus. But I want to leave this alone, partly because it took me so long. But mm-hmm. I will give a shout out to those cables, the, the I think the Luigi's. I think okay. I discovered them from Ben's videos as well. Okay. I've got the uh-huh. little guy with the mustache. Oh, I don't they're think I've seen those. They're hard to find now, but they, they're they like the the um, tendrils. Yeah, right. Which obviously, tendrils are great. I, I love them. But um, they're a better made cable. Okay. Like way better. Like They are so nice as cables. They are thick and they feel so good. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever you can find them, you should just buy them. Okay. But they have an extended stack. So it oh. goes higher. So I've got like tendrils on the lower level. Then I've got these other ones that go over the top. Oh, that's pretty nice. So it's a stacked double layer system. You can't do so it with you just can one. Get, right, you can get you more cables it. in there. Uh-huh. uh-huh. But it's still, a, it's still a, like a right angle cable. So that's like a killer touch, man. Like especially with this because there's like, there's like 16 patch points all in a very small area with these. Right, yeah. You can't, yeah. You can't neatly do that with tendrils alone. They just like pull themselves out. Right, so right. So you need this double stacked system. So that was a big breakthrough for me. I like it clean and I want that shit out of the way. Mm-hmm. Like it is so intense. And some of the Dirtful stuff has internal patching behind itself. So that cleans up some of it. That's pretty you nice. Can yeah. train them, yeah. Mm-hmm. They can internally patch. I've done that as well. Um, but yeah, man, that's my current thing. And like, you know, I love the Squid sampler. Um, and I, I know, but I've still never managed to kind of make myself a kind of a portable rig that I think represents me, you know. Dude, that is my constant yeah. challenge that's the constant journey um mm-hmm. i'm still I love looking that you do that that's cool man <laughs> that's cool just, yeah if i can i love the seven u the make noise um yeah seven u case i love the cb bus um yep. so it's just like if i can make I that know. work so yeah you know i think my my system i don't even know how i take a rig out live man yeah, I'm. I'm. St- I think that's one of the reasons I got the organelle because I'm like, how am I gonna do a live show in New York? Because I got to bring the stuff with me, and you know. Yeah, What's the like, organelle? Is it like a oscillator? Uh, that's that's the uh, the oh, yes, guitar sorry, yeah, thing. Yeah, so I think yeah. I'm gonna Those try and awesome, yeah. make my own little um, effects. Um, oh, is it? Is it customizable right, with PD? Yeah, so you can with PD, and then there's a thing. There's another cool. um, thing called ORAC where you can stack patches from pd on top of each other and get something like nine so i want to make like an effects chain oh, similar to what i have in my rig and then just bring like a couple little samplers Ooh. maybe in like a pod one of those four ms pods or something yeah then i, I would those, have you know well, i like those pods yeah so if i could get something what kind of samplers big, would you use um well i really like the four ms uh I've stereo triggered sampler 
I really like that one. I love it. It's super simple, but like, it's it's like like beautifully simple. Like it you stays could do in some Richard really cool. Devine's case. I see, and a lot of stuff doesn't, but he yeah. always tends to have one. And uh, Daedalus, yeah. Daedalus, it's it's their main um, like basically voice. I think uh, Is I, it I easy like to the sample into it. Um, it's yes yeah you can record directly into it it has a record mode you can't do any like live like you wouldn't want to do it live um okay i mean you could but you'd have to have everything like whatever you were sample like recording in live you'd have to have something else going while this was so it's it's not it's yeah um (laughs) right but the 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 morphogene um yeah, I really like the morphogene. The R bar is super fun. I know that's not really a sampler, but I I just really like how it's kind of like in between yeah. a sampler. I never granular. tried it. I never tried it, but I like it's pretty his fun. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, he's he's awesome. But yeah, now that makes sense. I mean, I, but I mean, yeah, absolutely. You've just got to decide the sound world that you're going to be able to make, haven't you? Because like, mm-hmm. and I, I just think with me, because I'm, I'm a singer fundamentally, it would have to be vocal based still i mean that's how i came out on the scene when i was right, doing right. techno music back in mm-hmm. the day everyone was making great techno and like i worked with christian vogels one of the best ever and <clears throat> so <clears throat> it was a high bar for me i couldn't compete man mm-hmm. <clears throat> so i thought <clears throat> what i can do though and what is more me is using my voice that's why i made the looper in the first place right you right. know i opened up for james brown with that looper i opened up for beck <laughs> i opened up for prince you know yeah, yeah. with that looper that i made like that's so York, cool like, that's so cool made a, it's like a cool feeling yeah because i was like oh man like sometimes i look at it though i was like jesus i'm gonna hit the stage with this piece of crap <laughs> like i know how this is it's made with like it's just all taped together it's right, literally right. pretty <laughs> shit but the thing is that with those patches like i road tested the hell out of that patch uh-huh, and it uh-huh. never crashed like yeah. I would go crazy on it uh-huh. like because you, you could loop within loops so you could like make it go to sort of like crazy like uh-huh. like all cr- glitch like crazy and scan uh-huh. through the waves and it never crashed that's awesome it was just like it was just enough there's only five buffers that it just the CPU was kind of chilling the whole time and I used those RME sound cards back in the day and they were just rock uh huh you that's... had to shout out to RME, man. I just wouldn't have been able to make any of it happen without that sound card. Like, because it you're... plugged into the PCI MCIE, whatever that right, slot on the right. old MacBook, which was a fast port. And that thing goes down to 64 samples, no bother. Just rock solid, man. Good God. Still one of the man. best interfaces ever. You've just reminded me how much, like, I had I had like a couple like like directions I wanted to go with you today because you're you're one of you're one of those guests where I'm like we could talk about any no, like a absolutely. number of things for the <laughs> yeah. year, like but then I I also thought I was like you know what because he's a fellow podcast host I know what it's like I want to let Jamie just talk about whatever the hell Jamie wants to talk about no, and I, I, I hope I did it. that for you man you do, oh definitely you know and I, I I don't often get a chance to really t- talk about the modular that much I can I hear you ben. holding back sometimes when you're yeah. on the show I can hear you like I want to do this but uh, I can't yeah and I'll try to sort of put it in a sequence for you this is I get so excited about like the way it ended up I suppose I wanted to sort of jump to like that conclusion but of course mm-hmm. it's very hard sometimes isn't it to explain i mean i and i must admit these days i often just look around and i'm like oh man i've i just made a big mess over here and there's like all these <laughs> modules all over the place but that's what happens with the euro isn't it you take stuff out you put it in 
I've got a massive box full of unloved modules, which makes same. me sad. Yeah, yep, same here. And same I'm here. like, what do I do with them? Do I sell them? Do I keep them? And then, you know, I just, I don't know the philosophy on that. What do you, what do you think about that? Well, from my experience is um, I, I, I sell stuff and I a lot of the times end up regretting it. I've bought a few things yeah. twice. Um, yeah. If you can, like, if you're in a spot where you can afford it and you have the space, I'd say hold on to stuff. If, if you hold on to it for six, eight months and you still don't touch it, then, okay, maybe it's time to ship it on down. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> you also think, like, you want somebody, if, if you're not enjoying it, somebody out there would be enjoying it. Ah, that's nice. Yeah, you I know? know what you mean, man. It, it, absolutely. I mean, although I will say, like, it's always that classic thing, isn't it? It's like, it happens to me all the time. I'm like, Oh, now I just need a small mixer. Yeah. I just sold the SSL six to a friend of mine. I was like, uh -huh. I need that. That's yep. exactly what I need. Yep. Every That's time. what you're talking about, isn't it? It's just like it's Every the perfect time. solution. That's why yeah. I got it in the first place. Sure enough. Yeah. And I really don't want to buy another one because now they're like more you know what I mean? That can mm -hmm. really be a bummer but yeah anyway, I've, I've sold plenty of gear and really regretted it but anyway it's another story <laughs> yeah i usually get rid of stuff only if if it's yeah. to justify getting something new like i like that I like you know that too I, I think there is a f couple of things that i would like sometimes i look at that hacking controller like the, the fingerboard yes. yeah I yeah i think i'm sure i could do something <laughs> really cool with that but i don't want to make just koto harps and flute music right because you know right, right. <laughs> it does tend to sort of have this sort of sound do you know what uh -huh, I, mean? uh -huh. Which I like and then i'm like i'm not sure about the mpe mpe plus like I like the idea of it, but have I heard anything? Maybe like to be the devil's advocate, like Fortet. Like, have I heard mm -hmm. anything coming from that that I'm like, that's it? Right. But then or, you get that part of your brain where it's like, well, I haven't, but I'm going to be the one who makes it. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> but yeah. Then, yeah, but then I know the reality also that right. it takes so much programming, actually, a thing mm -hmm. like that. It's, it, I'm, it, sometimes I think, yeah, I'll enter into that stage of myself. That's one of my hats. And sometimes I don't like putting on that hat. Right. Like right. I did it the other day for the podcast when I was demonstrating the expert sleepers. I don't know if you know the expert sleepers make software as well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like the, loop, the crossfade loop synth. It's mm -hmm. an amazing thing. And mm -hmm. I'm not sure it exists in the disting. I don't think you can. I know they put the um, the Augustus loop in there, which I haven't messed with, to be honest, but I really want, want to. But um, this crossfade loop synth is amazing. Okay. Uh, but I'm, I wanted to make something that I could have four instant record buffers with it. And I thought, oh, I need to crack out the old machine micro and I need to do some max programming because, you know. It's the only mm -hmm. way I'm going to be able to do this. So then I just put that hat on for the evening and I made it work. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, I don't like this. Yeah. I've done this for so many live shows. Like you said, <laughs> I've made so many systems in my time. Yeah. And I the time, like it. you said I earlier. Love it. You've yeah. got the family, the pod, and then your own stuff. You know, like is this really where my my life candle is is it going for this? Right, right. Yeah, I I I've been finding that a lot lately. Just kind of like, is this what I'm going to spend my time on right now? You know, and yeah. and I've been waking up extra early because I you know I started working yeah, for cool. a modular company, so I've been waking up early to do my own stuff right. beforehand. Because by the time I'm done there, my wife's done. We eat dinner and we hang out and it's bedtime. You know, I'm like, fuck, when am I going to finish this album that I haven't started? <laughs> Tell me about it. You know what? That isn't something I, that I've got into recently that's a little bit interesting. And I, this is an experiment I'm going to maybe get into. I've got like one of those mix pre, you know, the sound devices, like recorders, basically. Mm -hmm. They're like 
you know, solid state recorders. Mm -hmm. They've got preamps on them. I had the first iteration of it to do the podcast, you know, mm -hmm. I always go and use it for, it's great for that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I just recently splurged on the second one because it has like 32-bit float recording, which I don't know if you know about, or, or, or I don't know. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> from what I understand, it, it means that you really can't clip the signal. Oh, really? Wow, okay. Yeah, it's like even if the signal is clipped, you can reduce it. You can reduce the gain of it, and it will remove the clipping. Whoa, that sounds awesome. Yeah, and I'm like, hang on a minute. Does that mean that it can take crazy ranges? So can I just plug it straight into the modular? Oh, Do you know what I mean? right, right. And yeah, then I'm, yeah. like, I'm going to record the modular instead of recording at 48 kilohertz. I'm going to record it at like 192. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, Which yeah. I think, if you're dealing with a purely analog system it might reveal when you slow it down some incredible detail, you know? Yeah. I wonder like, if you get a lot of hiss that with that. No. Do you think you get a lot of, no? No, I, well, just no, no. Oh, I know what you mean. The gain structure. Yeah, that is interesting. I know what you mean. Yeah. I mean, anyway, yeah, it's just a, it's just like this sort of thought crossed my mind. Like I wonder if, and then the reason being like, cause then I was like, Oh, if that truly works, then I can turn off the computer Yes. For real, when I'm mm -hmm. recording. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, I like to record to the real to real, but this is something else. There's another part of me that wants to explore something pristine or mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like this really, like, and my dream is to, this is my sonic ambition, uh -huh. is to marry extremely high fidelity, very new school uh, recording, like with the Sanken field mics. And like stuff that records up to 100 kilohertz and these very crispy, very futuristic devices. Mm -hmm. Try to marry that with the tape sound because I find the tape sound on its own is too um, time stamped. It really has a thing and you can't mm -hmm. get rid of it, you know. It's yeah, really yeah. baked in literally yeah. to the medium. I love it. I'm so mm -hmm. addicted to it, but it's almost like a crutch. So I was like, I need to, I'd like to sort of marry that somehow with a new technology but I'm not sure it will be a nice fit. I, it could be an ugly clash, but I feel like there's a world potential in there. Say, for yeah. example, of just sort of, even like if you're looking at it in terms of recording transient sounds, like if you put transient sounds onto sort of tape mediums, they're going to flatten that out. And that's what we love about it, the way it folds and saturates, or whatever. But imagine if you're also recording it onto a very high fidelity box that is not doing that. And like, and you sort of marry the two. That's funny. I I've been doing kind of like my. I just realized my own version of kind of that in like a yeah. less not super hi-fi, but with this mix, remix project I was telling you yeah. about. I would make these remixes and mix and make them sound as good as I possibly could. But right. there was something about it that I didn't like. They sounded good, <laughs> but I didn't like the the structure or whatever. So what I did right. is I actually took the same patch that I brought to the ocean that was on this field recorder synth. Yeah, and I just set it in front of my monitors, and I played those pristine right. mixes from my monitors through that, nice. and I sandwiched those two recordings around the original recording and mixed those to where you have this produced yeah. version, but it's in a cloud of granularized, weird, nice. lo-fi, swooshy. Yeah. How, Alan? How did you record the pristine version through microphones? 
Yeah, well, it was just what um, you know, my 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 modular direct into my my DI, you know. So, oh like, yeah, you know, so just I like you were saying, you're like, playing it out of your speakers and recording it in the room with mics. No, no, I when <laughs> I use this, so my pristine versions came out right. of the speakers, but everything else nice. went into my you know DAW, and I mixed it in the way that I would try to make it sound as good as possible. You know, I did a full mix on on the yeah. track before I recorded it into, and then just remixed wow. it all and. And I think it turned out pretty cool. I'm trying to duck nice. in, like, kind of interweave, like, interweave the, the lower quality sound from the field recorder synth, and the the higher quality, you know, like make the like certain parts of each stick out more than the other. And I kind of want to almost have it kind of like this fever dreamy kind of sound. Like, does this sound really good or does it sound like shit? <laughs> kind of like this. Like, yeah. This you know what? Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I'll pass on this little nugget that really hit me for some reason. I was listening to Eno. He's interviewed on the Rick Rubin podcast. Okay. Oh, oh, it's always awesome. great to hear. Yeah. It's great to hear Eno. He's in a very comfortable place. He's, He's given out some classic Eno answers and uh, always a treat. <laughs> but at one point he says his favorite effect in the studio is the low-pass filter. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, Brian, very interesting. Then he <laughs> talked about it and, and uh, you know, I was quite dismissive of it in a way. And I was like, why is he saying that, though? After all his time in the business, why is he going on about that? And he was talking about the way that it can kind of make things seem dreamy, like essentially next door exactly you know, in, uh, they're in the other room or something yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. sort of the murkiness of it makes your mind do the work of filling in what's not there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there's something magic about that and so i started to do the stuff i'm doing a performance on this um it's a weird system it's called oda it's like you buy these speakers and like then you can have live streams from various musicians that's really, really cool mm-hmm. uh, so i've been doing these live shows and i've put together like a bunch of music to to sing on top of and i just start filtering down a lot of it uh-huh a lot more than i ever would normally so it's a lot more gushy a lot more just low end and murky mm-hmm. which gives it. you probably it gives your voice I like so it. much more space oh, to play that, of course and, yeah, there's, yeah there's that but it's also just you get addicted to it like no mm-hmm. tops yeah because it's yeah. just like it's sort of so wrong in a way because you're like oh there's no <laughs> fidelity but it's like yeah but listen to how comfortable it is right right yeah it doesn't make you ever kind of wince it's always uh-huh. just this pillowy like world in it yep mm-hmm. which is there's a lot to be said for that so i was like oh man this is exciting like how do you blend that thick because i think a lot of productions that i've done and a lot of things that i wish for in my music is a rich low end and low mid mm-hmm. like listen to mixes by nigel godridge or whatever you know Mm-hmm. like something like house of cards on in rainbows or something like that yes it's just yes. phenomenally like spread in the low and there's so much low end in it mm-hmm. so much to the point where you're you, and if you were doing a mix you would never do that much right right like they add so much like you, you know and i'm talking about they add a lot of like 30 hertz 40 like really they add a lot of that they boost like low low lows and like and it adds this sort of like incredible weight to your shit and like so and i think is this thing often happens in my stuff i always make it sound thin that's my i'm I'm gonna go back and listen to in rainbows and because i that's i was listening to this mix that i'm talking about with you yesterday walking around and the only thing that i feel like it's missing is is some low that i can't quite get in there 
You know what I did that was quite interesting the other day? Like this is, I'm not sure this applies to everything, but um, I've been experimenting with a combination of um, FabFilters Pro 3, right? Mm-hmm. FabFilter Pro 3 has like a brick wall mode. Okay, it, okay. Which allows you to sort of make it such an intense shelf. Like it's greater than 96 dBs, you know, uh, and the cut is really extreme. Uh-huh. Like, so you can isolate an actual note, an individual note. Oh, wow. In, uh, uh, you know, and then basically apply this other plugin called Low Ender. Do you, okay. have, have you, do you own that one? No, Reef I have use, Max Bass. But... Right. Low Ender is the best. Okay. And, like, low, and it's not expensive. Uh, it does that octave down thing so well. Oh, okay. And that's, like, that, so you can mm-hmm. take just your whole track, put the extreme cuts on it, and make that as a control track, and only send that to the octave down. Okay, okay, yeah. But then oh, you, wow. have, you have to be careful with it, though, because you can end up with a lot of ringing because the envelope of it is not very good. So after you do the filter, you put an expander. Okay. Okay. So, you know what I mean? So uh-huh. you accentuate the dynamics, but you make, yeah, you accentuate the dynamics versus compressing. So you, you really want to make more of the, and you do it to taste so that the octave, because also there's that ringing effect of low frequency. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just the waves go longer, even if you just ping them, they're, mm-hmm. they're just longer by nature. So you, you've got to be careful with it because you're, the bass is such a precarious zone, isn't it? It's, uh, can get too much too really quickly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but um anyway this that was a good trick uh, i'm gonna I try it is, yeah it is working okay you might have to be you know if you're really anal and you have different bass notes you might want to make multiple control tracks uh-huh. each note having its own filter okay and like no, this do automation of the volume on the track so that they kind of like duck in and out when the bass notes happen uh-huh you know what I mean? Yeah, or I'm gonna I'm gonna remix. Frequency. I'm gonna revisit this mix. I'm gonna go look at some new plugins, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna try this because I feel like structurally work. and everything, it sounds great. But that's the one thing. So yeah, thank you. I, for I, that. Another, <laughs> another trick, another trick, which I started to do on tracks, which I can really recommend as well. It does involve having Pro to Fab filter again, but you know, enough respect to those guys. I mean, you need to have the Pro MB, which is the multi-band. Okay, and is it pl- this do, a plugin? Yeah. Okay. And what you do, you you run your audio into three instances of the multiband, right? So your mm. song all of a sudden exists in three bands because uh-huh. you'll make the same band cuts on each track. You could, but you got to put the the mode in like linear phase or yeah linear phase mode. And it's not for every kind of track this, but but for songs that don't have loads of beats. Um, then you have control of the lows, the mids, and the highs like separately. Nice. And I started doing stuff with that kind of methodology, and I was amazed at what you could do by volume automating just the tracks. Mm-hmm. So then you've got mm-hmm. three tracks, but they represent the sonic split through these multibands. Really powerful. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like really okay. cool. Like, really cool. Because then you can take the mid range and you can sort of widen just the mids. You know, you, and you, you've got your track, but it's just, it's still, it's three tracks. So it's nice and manageable, but you feel like, oh, I wish I had a bit more bass here. You can just pull up the bass on the bass part of it. Oh, that's you know so good. I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. really works. Because I thought about that, but I'm like, I don't want to do like automation for like single bands in my graphic EQ. You know, like that just no, sounds like that's that would take right. ages. You this know? is way cooler. Yeah, I mean, that sounds really, awesome. It really, really works. And Because you know what happened to me? I've done some songs and I, Sent, I've been writing a little bit with my friend, like Hacks and Cloak, Bobby Crick. Oh, yeah, know? yeah. 
he's phenomenal, you know. Yeah. He sends me stuff that he's done for like the new PS5 game and everything, and I'll put it on my speakers and go, listen to the low end. It's so beautiful and so rich. And now uh -huh. I play what I've been working on, and it sounds really thin. Uh -huh. like, so thin. Yeah. So I, that's what happened. I took his track, and I just sort of thought, okay, I'm going to try to get this low end. I just tried to sort of copy the low end. Uh -huh. And the uh -huh. way I did it was that multiband trick, and it works. Okay. All right. That's really it good It actually to know. works. And I'm I a huge fan this, of his. Uh, yeah, he's, he's really, really good. With Excavation, so, that album from like 2016 or something? He's a beast, man. Oh, Real, that album. A lot of range as well. He has a yeah. lot of sonic range. Mm -hmm. He can work. He worked with Father John Misty. He's done, like, he's a very tasty, like, just musician and He's in a modular, designer. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's got a nice modular rig. But nice size and, yeah, lots of tape stuff and just, you know, he's heavy, man. Yeah. I want to get him on the show. Humble. I'll have to reach out. Definitely should, man. Yeah. But yeah, I'll, dude, yeah, I could, I could go on all day. But, I know uh, I'm gonna give you the, the rest of your day. My <laughs> wife's about to leave for a three day vacation, right. so I okay, better man. say goodbye. But Absolutely thank you so should. much, man. And My is pleasure. there anything you want to point people in the direction to? I'll throw links in the show description uh, and all that. You know, not really. I've got. I mean, I'm, I am working on some music, but it's slow going. Okay. You know, once our son goes back to school, I'll get more involved. And right. we, we've been right. at home with him 24 seven. We haven't had any external help really. Right. So right. That's been our world, and uh -huh. it's going to change a lot. Right, so right. It's going to be yeah. weird. We we'll have yeah. the time. Yeah, anyway. definitely. So then I'll get onto it. But yeah, there's just the podcast. Is you know that's my main focus at the moment. Um, yeah. Well, I love it, man. It's such. It's so, so cool much. to. Uh, it's such a such a recharge for me uh, as far as like. Um, just inspiration just oh, you have man. great guests Likewise, and, you, and you have great conversations so thank you for that Likewise, absolutely. we're going to get into jamie's patch in a moment but first a quick word from one of our sponsors do you have an album that you just finished do you feel like it's the perfect synthesizer or modular album other than the mix are you just fighting it in your cans on your studio monitors is it your DAW? What's going on? Well, I tell you what, you don't need to take up all of your creative energy trying to figure this out when there are people out there that can do it for you. I'm talking about Hugo R.A. Paris at Tiny Crush Mixing. His work is custom tailored to synthesists and modular synthesists. He works on recommendations from Nathan Moody. So what does that tell you? <laughs> I'm looking at his background here and it's, it's like, it's almost unbelievable. So let's just start with an academic background where he focused on acoustic and signal processing. That work led him to uh, work with MIT, Caltech, Stanford University. Uh, he has three of his own albums out. Uh, one is on Beacon Sound, the record label. Uh, so he's label mates with Terry Riley and Amulets and many others. Also has some music out on Jacktone Records. His albums have received positive attention from the press and have been reviewed by outlets such as Accelerator, Fact Magazine, and Resident Advisor. Like those are the three for electronic music. Um, oh yeah, he also conceived and developed the spherical wavetable navigator, the flagship Eurorack module over at 4MS. So you're in good hands. His state-of-the-art studio provides the ideal listening configuration for your work. He also will do remote mix breakdowns with you if you're interested in learning you know, what he's doing and maybe how to do it for yourself in the future. The turnaround time is quick and he offers add-ons such as reamping and analog summing. Openings start now. So you're sitting on that album and you want it to sound as good as it possibly can? Then head over to tinycrushmixing.com and get a hold of Hugo. 
All right, here's Jamie Liddell's Simplistic Miracle.
And that's our show. What a great guest. Of course, a, a, a fellow podcast host. He's going to be a great guest. We both we both got the gift of gab. Please check out Hanging Out with Audiophiles and all of Jamie's music. It's all over Spotify, iTunes, Bandcamp, all of that. And uh, yeah, if you would like to help keep the LEDs blinking over here at PodMod, please visit patreon.com forward slash modcast. Thank you to all the sponsors. Links in the show description. I love you. Thanks for listening. Until next week.